Hello everybody, it is Michael here, back with another video. Very, very exciting stuff today, as the Dallas Mavericks just took a commanding 3-1 lead over the LA Clippers, and man, this was an incredible game down the stretch, just just everything you'd want out of playoff basketball, 105-100 to win for the Dallas Mavericks. And this is just such a huge game. This has so many big implications. And I just really, really want to talk about this one. Uh, if my voice sounds uh, bad, it's because it is. I've been incredibly sick just trying to fight through it recently to force out some content because this stuff is way too good to not talk about. And wow, let's just talk about this game, man. The Dallas Mavericks somehow pull off a win here. This seemed like one of those wins that... I just don't know how it happened at all. Like, this is such a weird win. But at the end of the day, they won the basketball game. That's all that matters, especially in a 2-2 scenario. It cannot be understated how big Game 5 is. And as a huge Luka Doncic fan, this is my favorite player in the league. I felt so proud to see him pull off this miraculous win. And he was fantastic this game. Now, did he go pretty cold in the fourth quarter and almost sell them the game? Yes, he was still making some great passes, and that is the thing about Luka, is that even when he's struggling to shoot, when he's struggling to score, he's such a fantastic passing threat, uh, and his threat of as a scorer is always going to be there no matter how much he's struggling, so he's always going to be able to make his teammates better. There were some big plays down the stretch. There was the Chris Tapps Porzingis 3. Overall, he didn't have a very good game as he barely even played, especially at the beginning because he was in early foul trouble, just wasn't super aggressive, did hit his shots when he needed to and did hit that big corner three located Dorian uh, Smith a good amount of times he wasn't really hitting his shots uh, that much this game but he was locating him well hit uh, Tim Hardaway a good amount of times in that fourth quarter just overall really really good playmaking from Luca in the fourth but the main thing that stood out was his scoring in the first three quarters where he put up 40 in those quarters he was just toying with the defense like he tends to do hit five of five threes in the first quarter scored 17 points in nine minutes was hitting his fadeaways hitting his floaters just being the unstoppable offensive player that he is it's so incredible to watch Luka Doncic every single night because this man has really evolved his game so so much and some people I saw a poll about this where and this just shocked me so much where people were saying that Luca was better last year than he was this year and I'm like what are you guys talking about like I don't know what you guys see yeah the box score was pretty similar even though I would still take just strict box score numbers Luca this year over last year but he improved a ton defensively the Mavericks were a better team and they were riddled with injuries uh, riddled with COVID and he has expanded his game so much the thing that's gone so underrated about Luca because we just all talk about how great he is we all love the step back threes we all love the playmaking ability but the thing that is so great about Luca is that he's mixed in that mid-range game and has become one of the better mid-range players this league has to offer he's mixed in that Dirk fadeaway and if you're a, a Mavericks fan it must just be so cool to 
just have that passing of the torch. Like, obviously, it was a passing of the torch anyway, and you guys got two generational foreign talents, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But seeing Luca even incorporate that post fadeaway that Dirk has, and whenever he does it, like, over that uh, logo that they have on the Mavericks cur court of uh, Dirk doing the fadeaway, it's just so cool to see. He is shooting more out of the pick and roll. And what I just love about Luca so much, this is why he's my favorite player, is his control of the game and his basketball IQ. Watching great athletes are is always fun, like no doubt about that. But watching someone who is a true just master of knowing the game is way more fun to me. And this is one of the highest basketball IQ players we've ever seen, and that's not even a debate. His just understanding of the game and understanding how to attack a defense weaknesses is so fantastic. There were so many times in this game where he was using the pick and roll to get a defender on his back, which he's so good at because he's so strong. And again, he's so smart. Where then the defense, like, what are you supposed to do? Because he has one of the best floaters in the league. He's overall one of the best finishers. But if the defense collapses, he's also one of the best playmakers. It's just, he's a fantastic player. I can't do enough raving about Luka. Another great game here. Uh, honestly, not many other people stepped up too much. I want to give a ton of love to Dwight Powell, though. Did have five fouls in this one, but he was playing his role so, so perfectly. Definitely an underrated role player for them. I know some Mavericks fans can have some frustrations with him, especially when he was coming off that ACL tear. He had some rough moments, but played just perfect basketball in this one. Did everything you'd want from him. You know, crashing the offensive glass. He had a huge putback in there. Being in the right place for defensive rebounds. Having good rotations. Being in the right spots to be a rim protector. Just over Overall, good game from him. Uh, Boban did his thing when he was in there. You know, Boban's always in just an interesting case because he's someone who you don't really want playing that much, but can play a role when he was when he's in there. And the zone defense that they were able to play with Boban out there, having that crazy amount of size compared to the Clippers' small ball, clearly affected them at the beginning. So that was a very very interesting experience. Uh, experiment for them to do. Chris Stapps, again, he really just didn't do much, uh, but he hit that big three, so credit to him for that. We only saw 10 minutes of Jalen Brunson, which was really weird because Jalen Brunson's a really, really good basketball player. Uh, he didn't do anything like great in those 10 minutes, but it's just weird to not see him out there. Maybe because he's going to get a uh, going to be a guy who's attacked on defense, uh, but it's like I, I just expect him to be out there more. Tim Hardaway definitely has to start hitting his shots more if they want to make a deep playoff run. He went on that crazy hot streak, and this was before the playoffs too where he was just on fire for a long, long time. That's clearly slowing down. I can relate to that. Just as a basketball player, I don't know what it is, uh, and I don't know if other people experience this too, but I know whenever I have like a really good string of games that – at least in one of the next games, I'm just going to have an absolute dud. And he's been having some duds recently. Still an impactful player. Still scored 20 points just on really poor efficiency. And if he can step up, be that second uh, scoring guy, that is going to be huge. Because I really do think this Mavericks team can make such a big run. Because this is such a unique season. With the injury that Jamal Murray has, the Denver Nuggets, while still being a very good basketball team, are less intimidating. The Portland Trailblazers just simply don't have it. Damian Lillard is fantastic. He's a superstar, but they don't have it outside of uh, him. 
The Suns are a very good team, proven by the fact that they've been able to give the Lakers struggles. But they are far from invincible, and I think the Mavericks could easily, not easily beat them in a series, but I could easily see that happening. It could go either way, is what I'm saying. The Lakers are banged up and looking like they're not even going to beat the Suns, which is just crazy to see. Uh, And then you got the Jazz, who are a good basketball team, for sure. But are they a great team? They're going to be the team that the Mavericks would face in the second round if they can end up pulling out this win. Uh, And I could definitely see them beating them too. Like This team, if you just look at it and break it down, could realistically make a finals run. But that's the thing that's exciting about the West is that I can say that about every other team who is still in it right now, that they could all realistically make a finals run And that is just what's so exciting about the NBA this year. You know, it kind of sucks that injuries are the main reason why. But at the end of the day, the parody is so, so exciting. We're going to see one of the greatest playoffs of all time. But going more to the Clippers side of this, uh, they didn't play a super bad game or anything. But a lot of things that I really didn't like in this game from them. Uh, Let's start off with the star players. Kawhi just wasn't hitting his shots in this one like he usually does. One of seven from three. And that last three was absolutely terrible. I do not know how you come out of a timeout and that is the shot that you get. It was just embarrassing. And the fact that the shot before... The ball didn't touch Kawhi or Paul George's hands. The ball is in Terrence Mann and Nicholas Batum's hands. Those are two good players, solid role players. And if they made the shot, it's, it's great. But at the end of the day, you want the ball in the hands of your best players. And those are Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But when they got the ball to Kawhi, it was just such a weird shot. There was no action. There was no screen set. Like, do something. There was time. There was plenty of time on the clock. The worst thing that could happen is that you do just a screen and he takes a three. Like, even that isn't exactly what I would have loved to see, but it's better than what happened. That was just embarrassing. And overall, the adjustments from Ty Lu late game. This is why I don't think he's a good coach. I got a lot of flack for saying that he's uh, not a good coach because he's a champion. I don't care. To be frank, he's not a very good coach. Like He made the good adjustment of going small ball. I'll give him the credit for that. But in a late-game situation like that, I do not trust him to make smart adjustments. And he simply didn't yet again. Obviously, Kawhi has to play better. He has to shoot better. Like You need your best player to play like he's supposed to. I'm not ignoring that. But I just feel like the late-game execution, which is... That is when coaching really, really stands out. Obviously, your players have to go out there and do what you're telling them, but that's where coaching becomes super important, and it just wasn't their late game for the LA Clippers. Paul George, the thing is, Paul George had a good game. He had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks, but it was a weird Paul George game where a lot of the time it just didn't feel like he was out there. For whatever reason, when I'm watching the game, it just he just didn't feel super impactful, which is weird because you go and look at the box score, and he had a great game, shot super efficiently, pulled down boards, got six assists, uh, three blocks, five turnovers, or four fouls in there isn't super great, 
and he played 38 minutes too. It just it just didn't feel like that. I don't know how to describe exactly why, but it, it just didn't feel like he really left his imprint on the game like that. And I'm not going to be a guy who blames this on Paul George at all. I think he's far from the person to blame, but it's just weird. I mean, 14 shots from someone like Paul George, which is one more than Marcus Morris shot and two less than Reggie Jackson shot. It's just weird. I It was a weird Paul George game. I'm not saying it was a bad one, but again, just a weird one. Marcus Moore shot four from eight from three, but five of 13 overall. Did the classic Marcus Morris thing where he takes a couple shots that he shouldn't and he missed them. Uh, I, I'm a Celtics fan. I've been there. I've seen it time and time again. I've watched this series plenty. Paul, uh, not Paul George, Marcus Morris, good player. But he just does things that do frustrate me uh, at times. Nicholas Batum continues to be super impactful. The most underrated player in this series on either side. He's been a huge, huge part in why they were able to win the two games that they did. He's been fantastic for them. Deserves his credit. Had another good game in this one. 10 points. Uh, eight rebounds. Four of those being offensive. Just super impactful. Knows his role. Uh, some really good cuts in there too is what I noticed uh, he had one good one on Porzingis which I feel like they've, they've been killing him on the cuts uh, and that is what I love about when they can run small is that the Mavericks has size but it's not intimidating size like Boban's the only one where it's like oh this dude is ginormous like we can't really do anything, even with people who are pretty big. Like, when you're running a smaller person, it's going to be a struggle with Boban. But with all the Mavericks' other guys, like Dwight Powell, Chris Stapps, Maxi Kleber, Willie Cauley-Stein, they're all players that I like, but they're not intimidating size-wise, even if they are big. Uh, and then Rajon Rondo was a big net negative in this game, uh, plus minus of 19. I don't like using that stat, but I do think it shows at least this game how poor he was out there. Shot 0 for 6, 0 for 3 from 3. He took a super deep one where I'm just like, what are you doing? He was constantly getting uh, mismatch hunted by Luka Doncic, and that's what I was talking about with him uh, getting players on his back. He did that to Rondo so many different times. There was like a streak of, I felt like it was like five or seven possessions in a row where Luka just kept doing the same thing, and it's either resulted in him getting an easy floater. Even if he misses, he's getting an offensive rebound he's getting clean kickouts to the corner it, he like rondo just with his size can't put the pressure on luca like that uh terrence man had a solid game but again i feel like he played way too fast down the stretch and he's a young player that's the issue with having someone like terrence man out there is that they can make those type of mistakes. Reggie Jackson was very, very good in this game. 20 points, 6 of 12 from 3. Uh, but even when Reggie Jackson plays good, every time he's taking shots for the most part, unless they're just catch-and-shoot threes, obviously those are completely fine. But when he's trying to create, when he's doing isos, when he's got Kawhi and Paul George on the court, I'm like, bro, chill out. What are you doing? But again, it worked in this game, so I'm not going to be super critical of him. Uh, but yeah, just... They didn't play good enough basketball, down the stress especially. Both teams kind of froze up, but the Mavericks made buckets when it counted, and the Clippers didn't. That is going to be the story of the series, if they do eventually end up losing, is that they lost a key Game 5, the biggest game in a series when tied 2-2, two -two -two, because their late game execution was atrocious. But yeah, what a game. 
great win for the Mavericks. I'm hoping they can make a big, big run. And yeah, shout out to Luka Doncic. Fantastic performance. Shout out to guys like Dwight Powell for stepping up. I'm excited to watch a game six. I'm hoping that uh, the Mavs can wrap it up there. But I would love a game seven too. Playoff basketball has been fantastic. And I've been loving watching it. So yeah, that's been the video. It's been Michael. Peace out.